Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, welcome in Browns fans to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. I am your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. Uh, You can find all of my work on the Scout Network as a part of the Orange and Brown Report. You can go to theobr.com for all my Browns coverage, as well as the Wine and Gold Report and the soon-to-be-coming CleeForMe.com, which will be a Cleveland and Ohio State variety site with a little bit of this and a little bit of that that I will be actually the publisher for. So welcome in again on this Wednesday. Uh, Monday, we talked a lot about Robert Griffin III. Uh, Tuesday, we looked back at some of the game uh, from week one, some of the good, the bad, and kind of the ugly. And so today we have a few things to talk about. We're going to start with um, a few pieces of information that are coming out. Uh, regarding this week's home opener. And so uh, this week, uh, Dick Ambrose and Tom Darden will actually be inducted into the Browns Legends program. And we get the unveiling of the Jim Brown statue. So if you're going to um, be there, you got a lot of exciting things going on. I will be there. That'll be the first time I'll be covering a game as a credentialed Browns media member in Cleveland. Uh, I've covered the team before, just not actually in Cleveland. So That's an exciting time for me. And so the other thing I'll be doing this uh, weekend going into Monday is a Taste Taste of the Browns event. Um, It's an event to uh, help eradicate hunger in the Cleveland area. And so uh, please log on to theobr.com sometime this evening, tomorrow morning. There'll be a lot of information there for you uh, about how you can win two tickets. And so this is a great event, almost a black tie kind of event with some great food. Uh, Monday evening. So my wife and I will be attending that. Uh, We'll be giving away two free tickets to that event uh, to uh, those who read the OBR. So make sure you check that out. Uh, So exciting to see the Jim Brown statue is going up. I know for me, it's, um, you know, someone who I didn't get to watch live, but someone who obviously defines kind of what many see as the greatest player of all time. Some have Jerry Rice there, others uh, have their opinions. Uh, But for many who saw him live, Jim Brown was the greatest of all time. And so uh, it's great to see that we will have that going on this Sunday at the stadium when the Browns take on the Baltimore Ravens. I want to kind of start out today uh, in kind of our content time, just talking a little bit about a a quote uh, that comes from Hugh Jackson. And so um, today you can actually see that I wrote about it a little bit on Twitter, but I'm actually just going to read a little bit of what uh, Jackson said today. Uh, and what it says about who we have as a coach. And so uh, this uh, Keith Britton, actually, Keith Britton 86 on Twitter, uh, put this up uh, so that we could see it. And it's a quote from Jackson. Anytime we lose, I'm doing horrible. I'm the leader of this whole deal. There is nothing else. I can't judge myself on any other way. It's wins and losses. If I have too many losses at the end, I'll be the first to tell you I did not do well enough. 
And if I have more wins, I'm going to tell you I'm okay. I don't know that it's ever going to be good enough until you win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not about anything else. That's what I came here for. I didn't come here to be average. I didn't come here to win a few games and go on about my business. I came here to help this organization win a championship. So how fast that's going to happen, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of struggle before there's a ton of great times, but I'm not worried about people being happy right now. I'm going to do the best job I can that I can with our staff and these players, and we're going to keep working at it. My point is eventually they will love me because we're going to win, and we're going to win a championship here for the Cleveland Browns. Big words, right? And so the interesting thing here is he's he's making a very clear statement to, to you and I, the fans, saying that he doesn't really care if you're happy. They have a plan in place, and they are going to go forward with that plan no matter what you and I think, and I respect it. I wrote on Twitter a little bit, um, kind of quote-tweeting, uh, Keith's tweet and just talked about the fact that for Jackson, it's all about winning, but it's about winning big. And so while Browns fans are sick of losing, understandably, Jackson is not interested in eight and eight. Jackson's not interested in nine and seven. Uh, Jackson's not interested in five and 11 even. Jackson is interested in a Super Bowl championship. And one of the things that I think his experience in Oakland uh, and in Cincinnati tell him is that uh, it's something I wrote earlier today, and it's it's not a quote that's unsurprising. It's that good sometimes gets in the way of great. With the Cincinnati Bengals, you have an amazing roster and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is good. He gets in the way of great. And so you have a roster that was full of A.J. Green and Marvin Jones and a variety of great defenders and a defensive line that that is huge and impactful. Uh, a very good offensive line, Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, Tyler Eifert, Jermaine Gresham has been there. They're just, they have had so many weapons, so much talent. They may have had some weakness here and there in the secondary and the linebacking core, but they've had a great defensive coach with Marvin Lewis. Um, and so, and then even before that, they had Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. So good got in the way of great though. Andy Dalton is good. But can the, the Bengals win with him? They've they've got to the playoffs, but they can't win a game in the playoffs. And so I think something that Hugh Jackson learned at his time with Cincinnati, and then even in Oakland where he traded for Carson Palmer and really went all in, is that sometimes good can get in the way of great. Sometimes you can build a team that is good, but never good enough. Uh, I've talked in the past about the Browns do not want to be the Atlanta Hawks who many of you who are NBA fans remember that the Hawks were really good as a fourth seed, but couldn't really do much else. Um, and so even the year that they got the first seed over the Cleveland Cavaliers, no one really believed in their ability because they didn't have that superstar. They didn't have the ability to be great. And so what we hear from Hugh Jackson here is that the Browns have no interest in being good. They have a big interest in being great. Does that mean that this year is going to be terrible, next year is going to be terrible, and so on and so forth? Maybe. It's very, very possible that the Browns will be terrible for a couple of seasons while the young core is developing and they're trying to find those great players, specifically at the quarterback position, who can make this team something great. A good quarterback, an Andy Dalton-type quarterback, may not be good enough 
for the Browns to be great. That's why I expected the Browns to roll the dice on some players. Um, we did that with Robert Griffin III. His injury uh, really kind of puts the kibosh on that. But do they take another risk in the future? Again, whether that's a Colin Kaepernick while also drafting a Deshaun Watson, a Deshaun Kaiser, uh, some of that nature, Chad Kelly later in the draft, maybe. But the Browns know they need to be great. And so when you look at how they've continued to bring in uh, as many draft picks as possible, it's because they're not trying to be good. They are going to take as many opportunities to be great as possible. 14 draft picks in the last draft, adding multiple picks in the next two drafts as well. All of that is a setup to try to create a great roster. So you will see good players. Kwan Williams, Pierre Desir, two guys I liked a lot. Paul Kruger, um, who obviously had his role. They're good players, but they're not good enough. And so the Browns just aren't going to invest their time and their energy. Hugh Jackson has made it very, very clear. He does not care about winning some games. He worries and cares about winning it all. Can we as Browns fans and those that cover the team, can we be patient enough in this process to understand that sometimes we might want good, but this organization, this coach wants great. Speaking of great, it's a great time to kind of segue into uh, that we are sponsored by FanDuel. The first week of the NFC, NFL season was great, and it's, a, it's officially in the books. How'd your fantasy football teams do this week? Did you get on the fun over on FanDuel? No, it's not too late. Week two starts tomorrow night. And so I just got a question uh, on Twitter about whether or not someone should start Emmanuel Sanders or Victor Cruz. A really interesting conversation there. Do you start Cruz against the New Orleans Saints who have a very, very uh, terrible defense? Or do you start Sanders who really may be the best uh, number one option uh, for Trevor Simeon out in Denver? Whatever you choose with FanDuel, um, it's football. It's fantasy football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. You have no busted seasons because someone gets injured or you just made a bad choice early. You just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. This year's experience is upgraded. Get even more contest variety. Try the beginner contest for the new players only. Settle a score with your friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half win cash. Or you can play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. You can play for a dollar. You can play for more. There's choices for every budget. And this week's Sunday Million Dollar Contest is paying out $2 million. $200,000 to first place. I know for me, FanDuel allows me to be excited and really look at players that I like, look at matchups. It really creates a lot of uh, excitement and a lot for me to process to get me into a variety of games that maybe I wouldn't have followed because I'm following the Browns, the AFC North. And so for me, it's really nice to jump in in that way. With FanDuel, you can have all the fantasy football has to offer. With FanDuel, be sports rich. Try FanDuel now and get up to $50 in free entries. New users who deposit will get five free entries to the NFL 50-50 Beginner Contest, valued at up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. The value of those free entries varies based on how much you deposit. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my promo code LOBrowns. That's LOBrowns for Locked On Browns. That's FanDuel.com, promo code LOBrowns, 
void where prohibited. So now it's a good time to look forward. Again, the Browns lost their week one matchup. It'll be very interesting to see how the team and the fans respond for week two. Obviously, we're excited about the Jim Brown statue and those going into uh, the ring of honor for the Browns. But how do the fans respond to the players on the field and to how the game goes? You can see with Browns fans who just are so desperate for a winner that if the Browns can beat the rival Baltimore Ravens this week, you can see that narrative changing really, really quickly for the fans. I think for the organization, nothing changes. Winning is something they want to do, but they want to be great. But just be a, just be wary, Browns fans, that a win this week doesn't change the fact that we don't have a quarterback of the future, that Josh McCown could probably get injured pretty easily, and that we have a lot of very, very young players that are going to take some time to develop. We expect that to happen over time, obviously, but a win this week doesn't say they're on the right track could say a lot about the Baltimore Ravens. And so if you look back at the Ravens win against the Buffalo Bills, so the Ravens won 13 to seven in a game uh, that was ugly. It looked like a lot of uh, old Browns games, especially the Browns Bills often seem to play pretty terrible games. The Tyrod Taylor was 15 of 22. So not bad, right? For 111 yards. So didn't really stretch the field. Didn't, didn't really uh, cause any problems for the Baltimore Ravens defense. From a rushing perspective, LaShawn McCoy had 16 carries for 58 yards and had a touchdown, but had a 3.6 yards per carry average. So again, just not a lot from the Bills offensively to really cause problems uh, for the for the Baltimore Ravens, who again won by six points. Offensively, the Ravens, they were solid. 23 of 34 for Joe Flacco uh, for 258 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked four times, which again, that'd be great to see the Browns getting some pressure. Uh, In the running game, Justin Forsett and Terrence West uh, had 10 and 12 carries each, um, but didn't really produce a great amount. Uh, Combined, they had 73 total yards between them. And so, again, a very low-scoring game, but not a lot of turnovers. And so when you look at uh, the total yardage, obviously is hugely different. Buffalo with 160 yards, Baltimore with 308, 148-yard difference. But the time of possession wasn't significantly different unlike with the Browns game where the Eagles basically doubled up about 40 to 20 here the Ravens had 35 minutes of possession while the Bills had 27 and so um, turnovers there was one and so the interesting thing will be is whether or not the Browns offense which uh, was okay against the Philadelphia Eagles can do anything against a Ravens defense which didn't get a ton of pressure. Um, they had two sacks. You know, they they didn't really put a lot on uh, on Buffalo in a way to really dominate the game. Can the Browns' offense make some hay against the Ravens' defense, which isn't the Ravens' defense of old? You look at some of the names that you'll see. Terrell Suggs had a sack and two tackles, right? And so uh, Eric Weddle, who is a veteran coming over to San Diego, had four tackles. Really not a lot. Timmy Jernigan had had another sack. Uh, the two sacks between the, for the Ravens were Suggs and Jernigan. There really aren't the names that we're used to seeing for Baltimore making an impact on the team. And so can the Browns offense do something against a defense that held the Buffalo Bills in check? But maybe that was more about Buffalo. And then defensively, are, is Baltimore just going to throw the ball all over the place against the Browns secondary? 
specifically Tremont Williams, but Joe Hayden didn't look good either. Will Joe Flacco just be launching the ball all over the place? He has a variety of receivers, maybe not the greatest. Uh, Mike Wallace had a big, long 66-yard pass. He's the fast guy. Rashad Perryman's the young guy they're hoping to develop after sitting out all of one season. And then Steve Smith Sr. had five catches, but only 19 yards as he tries to come back after missing last year, uh, most of last season, and as he was supposed to retire. Can he make kind of the impact that they're looking for, as well as Dennis Pitta coming out um, as a tight end? Can the Browns defense do something to cause havoc with all of their youngsters, with all of their speed, or... Since the Browns defense made Carson Wentz look amazing, will Joe Flacco, who has been some level of elite in his career, tear them apart while also mixing in the running game with Forsett, uh, Terrence West, uh, and even the tight or the fullback Kyle? I can't pronounce his last name uh, out of Kent. Um, sorry, out of Harvard. Um, will they kind of sprinkle that in but take advantage of the Browns defense? That's what we'll be looking for and talking about as we go into Thursday and Friday of this week uh, is really can, what did we see from Baltimore? What do we hope to see from the Browns? What are some of the keys of victory? But looking back at the Bills game, not really that excited about what their offense did or really what their defense did. It looks like the Bills just got in their their own way and the Ravens were able to take advantage of it uh, for the six point victory. So not exactly someone a team that we can take lightly, but not a team that is a juggernaut at this point in time. Nope. And as always, we finish up with our listen up, our tune in and click on segment. And so for this week, uh, for today, our listen up segment actually involves yours truly. And so I joined Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, a part of the draft breakdown crew and their Locked On NFL Draft podcast, uh, which will be coming out today. And um, so please listen up to that. We talk about uh, the Browns' 14 draft picks. We talked about a majority of them. Don't have time to talk about all of them. But again, uh, that is with Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, a part of the Draft Breakdown crew, uh, and their Locked On NFL podcast, where you can hear me a little bit more for our tune-in. Again, some of you know I am a wrestling fan. Um, our tune-in tonight is a combination from WWE on the WWE Network, $9.99 uh, a month. Uh, there's NXT tonight, which is great, but I think the thing that you will want to watch um, is the final uh, part of the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. So there will be two semifinal matches, as well as the final match to crown the champion of the Cruiserweight Classic, which then will most likely transition over to Monday Night Raw as their cruiserweight champion. And so uh, there's some really interesting uh, characters, a lot of really strong talent. Uh, if you want to see some guys flying around doing a lot of cool, innovative things, uh, Zack Sabre, Grand Metalik, Kota Abushi, and TJ Perkins are really set to do that tonight on the WWE Network. So I, I encourage you to tune into that. And finally, click on, uh, go to Bleacher Report. They actually have... Uh, an article about Johnny Manziel and what kind of a night with Manziel would look like um, as they go back and kind of retrace some of his most recent steps. And so to bar to bar and some of those kind of things. And so for those of you who uh, like me, kind of like analyzing and understanding people, I encourage you to go to Bleacher Report. So again, the listen up is to the Locked On NFL uh, Draft Podcast with Joe Marino 
and Kyle Krabs, uh, part of the Draft Breakdown crew. The tune-in is to the Cruiserweight Classic on the WWE Network, and your click-on is to Bleacher Report for their story on Johnny Manziel and kind of walking in his footsteps and what that might look like. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. You can follow, you can find everything uh, covering the Browns on the Scout Network at theobr.com. Again, check out the piece that'll go up late tonight or early tomorrow morning about the taste of Browns uh, coming up on Monday and a chance for you to win two tickets. Thanks for stopping by the Locked on Browns podcast. And go Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.